This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and local with Kevin Deers rolls on 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Isolate With You. It's a new YouTube thing I'm doing at home while I am uh, have the equipment set up, and it's kind of... Uh, you know, I'm kind of on break from a few things, from jobs and whatnot. I have the late Kathy Faulkner hanging out. She's got a ton of CDs behind her. She's got a Bob Ross. Yeah. Uh, what is that? What's the Bob Ross thing? Uh, this is Happy Little Accidents, Wit and Wisdom from Bob Ross. I dig it. Right above, wait, wait, where is it? Oh, complete with the Bob Ross bobblehead. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It, it talks, I think, but I think the battery's dead. He's certainly pretty relaxing at a time like this. I would say <laughs> a deep dive into some Bob Ross would be nice. You got to do some serious trees, you know? Absolutely. If if you're uh, from Seattle, you certainly know the name Kathy Faulkner, maybe the, the late Kathy Faulkner. She's a radio legend here in the Northwest, rock and roll legend. Uh, and if you're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet, you will probably be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the DJ sometime in the near future. How, how are you holding up, Kathy? I'm holding up good. You know, one of the benefits of working for myself at home, staying at home is not hard. Getting toilet paper is a little bit more challenging, but, you know, we roll with the punches. Yeah, you, you live on an island. So uh, how, how's the island life during all of this uh, pandemic life? Island life is good. Um, so far, I mean, we have a little bit of yard, so we get to go outside and such. And uh, uh, it's a little harder to get supplies, but we're, it's a lot of fun. I've got nice. plenty to do. Yeah. So what, what do you mean like plenty to do? So what do you, what have you been doing to keep your mind busy and, and keep yourself from going stir crazy and crazy? Uh, well, I have about uh, seven trees of alder to split, so I'm splitting firewood for next winter. So, look out, man! I'm badass. That's so a I good got, way to. That's a good way to get yeah, some aggression out too. Out. Yeah, I got I got plenty to do. <laughs> that's cool. And and have you been able to like catch up on some reading or some some binge watching some movies or anything or a lot of content out you know, there? You know, it's a really good question, Kevin. Um, I have a lot of dreams as far as books to read, but I end up scrolling through social media and then poof, the day's gone. I don't know if that happens to you. It's happened to me yeah. multiple times, <laughs> um, but we're, yeah, we're binge watching. We got the uh, month long free pass to CBS all access. So yeah. we're catching up on Picard, catching up on some um, old Star Trek episodes to get my teen up to date. And then, uh, and then I think we're going to move on to Disney plus and do, 
what's the Star Wars show there? We're going to do that. Oh, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yeah. Mandalorian. Um, and then we have a stack of a uh, long list of movies that we're looking at uh, doing either in the old analog form of DVD or hopefully streaming. We've got pretty slow internet here, so we're probably going to go DVD. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send you some suggestions if I have any, if, if anything comes to mind. Uh, but I do have to say, while you have um, the free months of CBS, I would suggest uh, definitely when you're done with Picard, definitely check out the new Twilight Zone by Jordan Peele. It's incredible. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's I'll do really that. Good. Okay. Um, I got a pump, so I'm going to cram it. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, about kind of going on social media and, and there's um, as much as there's negativity, there's a lot of positivity. People come together, but at the same time, we can get stuck in sort of a feedback loop of negativity and whatnot. Um, so I think before we go into this interview and, and get too, too deep into it, uh, let's just, I'll just start with uh, gratitude. What are four, three or four things that you're grateful for today? Well, today I'm grateful for my health, my family, uh, having work though, it's gone down. I'm grateful for having work and, uh, an ax to swing on uh, firewood certainly takes the tensions away. So I'll, I'll knock out those four. How's that? Nice. I like it. Um, right on. Well, uh, let's just, let's go into the rock and roll side of your world and the radio thing. So, um, I'm curious, okay. like at what age did you purchase your first like record tape CD? I'm, I'm assuming it's either tape or record. And how old were you and what was it? Um, it was in middle school. I don't remember. I know the band, it was cars candy O album because okay. a friend of mine loaned me the first cars record and I dubbed it onto cassette. So I didn't yeah. have to buy that one. Um, but, uh, cars candy O was the first uh, album that I purchased. Nice. Right on. And then, uh, is that what made you kind of fall in love or, do, or what made you fall in love with rock and roll and, and, uh, want to go deeper into that wormhole? You know, uh, there's a name in Seattle that many people know, and that's Steve Slayton. And yeah, it was listening to his show around the same time. Um, he introduced us to the Scorpions and to ACDC and, mm -hmm. Um, and it was ACDC dirty deeds that kind of, I did the deep dive into rock and then hard rock and, and then into metal. So, um, I Slayton is the reason for the deep dive, but I love music. And then I had a, a real, um, curiosity on how radio worked, you know, specifically KISW. Cause I listened to it when I was a, a kid. So, um, that's kind of how that got started. So bring me back to that time and, and how, uh, you know, important radio was to you. Um, how did you see yourself being that person behind the turntables, behind the, the cassette player or whatever, you know, uh, function? I'm sure it was probably turntables uh, at that time. Did you see yourself it was, there? Was that, were um, you aspirational for that? You know, it's weird. Hindsight, I could say, yeah, but it was more... I mean, you know, the vibe at KISW, it's always, you know, a party looking for a place to happen. And that certainly was the case, um, back in the, in the vinyl days, um, when I was listening to it, you know, in elementary school and then in middle school. Um, so I just wanted, first I wanted in the door to see what it was all about. Yeah. And then once I got in the door to see what it was all about, then I wanted to be a part of it. And when you have a hunger to be around rock and roll, you kind of don't care 
mm-hmm. at a certain point about what exact form it was going to take. So no, I didn't have that crystal clear vision. Um, I'm so grateful for the path that it's taken and, and the people I've been able to work with, but um, I just want to be part of it. Yeah. So, so how did you get your foot in the door? Did you go to college for radio? <laughs> did you go do like a high school class? Did you just, you don't know, you don't know this story, do you? I you don't, I don't, this I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Oh, well, there you go. Um, it was a ninth grade English project. Oh, wow. Got me okay. in the door. Yeah. I had to, in my freshman year in high school, I had to interview somebody in media and I thought, Hey, this is my chance to get in the door. And so I asked uh, Slayton if I could interview him and then became his intern and then got on the payroll and then worked my way up from, from interns. So that's how I got in the door. That's awesome. And, and, and did, were you doing overnights and, and how, uh, how did you, like, what was the transition there? So you were his intern. The first, and then... the first job I had? The yeah, what was the first job, job you had? had? ISW was answering phones for Steve Slayton. Um, nice. I think it was four nights a week because I didn't have my driver's license yet, and I had to keep my grades up, and my mom wouldn't let me go answer phones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and I got paid in records, I think, the first couple of years I was there. So it was a big, awesome. I mean, imagine being in high school, man, and you get to go and take the records to you know, to your friend's house that you have before they're released. Right. So it was, it was the perfect, perfect opportunity to start out. Oh, that's amazing. And then, uh, obviously, you know, from there you get on the air and you become the late Kathy Faulkner. You had such a run there and you like your initial like KISW run. You were on the forefront of like the Seattle scene and like such an incredible scene in the eighties and and nineties. Uh, Mm -hmm. what was that? What was that feeling like? Like being, uh, I mean, I guess it's probably, probably a hard question to ask and really harder to answer, but what was it feel? What was the feel like in feeling like in Seattle and being at such a pivotal place and when, uh, in such a pivotal radio station? I think, well, being at a pivotal radio station, I, I always took that as an incredible opportunity. I mean, not many people start in a major market in radio, let alone their first job. So I knew the yeah. opportunity I had before me. As far as music and the club scene, I mean, by the time we're talking, you know, 1986 to 88 in that window started uh, getting a lot more involved in the local bands, um, mm-hmm. particularly when working on Metal Shop. Um, and and then you start <laughs> exactly, and then you started seeing um, other bands coming out, the emergence of sub pop and yeah. the music that they were putting out. Um, so for us, the vibe or what it felt like we were hanging with our friends again, I'm going to go back to that same vibe that KISW has always had the musicians and the jocks at KISW and the team. We were one, we were friends and we hung out and, and supported one another, just like the bands in that day supported one another because there weren't a lot of venues for them to do original music. So they were teaming up to do the VFW halls and the hub ballroom. So, you know, more bands could go on stage together. And so I would say in 87, 88, we knew, Oh, I touched my face. Um, in 87, (laughs) 88, we knew that there was something that was going to absolutely explode. Um, and then obviously in 1991, um, with Nirvana hitting number one and mm-hmm. Alice in Chains coming out and Pearl Jam releasing 10. 
um, everything exploded from there. So there was that three year period that we knew that we had something special. Yeah. What we, and, and you want your bands to succeed. You want the rest of the country to understand what we have. That's so amazing. But then it gets to a point where everybody wanted a piece of it. So mm-hmm. 92 on was stay the way and give our band some breathing room. Yeah. Um, so it was this amazing, amazing roller coaster ride, I guess is the only way I can put it. That's funny. And so like the, I'm sure like, you know, label reps and, and everyone kind of comes and saturates the market at that point. Um, and, and the Seattle sound people bands probably moving to Seattle to get signed and stuff. It becomes, well, and I can think of, I can think of an example, something that's so obvious was the tribute album, temple of the dog to honor Andrew Wood and mother love bone. Yeah. And when it came out, we played it. The, the whole community celebrated it, but the Seattle music scene didn't explode until maybe a year later. So imagine imagine the record labels coming back to Seattle saying, okay, now the nation knows that Seattle exists. Why don't you play say hello to heaven as if it's brand new? (laughs) We've been playing it when it was, you know, in demo form. So, but on the same token, we wanted to support all the artists as Mm -hmm. much as possible to succeed in an an amazing once in a lifetime genre and scene. So hell yeah. I mean, if it means, you know, we, we deep dove, we ended up playing like way more songs and, and telling the label that we were playing the single when we were, you know, playing reach down or, you know, call me the dog or whatever. But yeah, you know, you kind of, you have to make those kind of, negotiations when working with labels in a scene that's kind of taking a life of its own. We were kind of writing the rule book as we went along. Oh, I touched my face too. Sorry. Oh my God. We're bad for me. I'm your elder. (laughs) Uh, So during those times, like uh, maybe what are, what are some of your favorite in studio, uh, in studio moments, in studio interviews? Oh, touching her face. I'm thinking in studio moments. Well, you and I have talked about when Sanctuary came in and gave me brownies. So we've talked about that on Metal Shop. That was special brownies. Special brownies. Um, so yeah, that was a special time for me on the radio. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess um, a couple fun times. Um, I remember the first time we had Eddie and the guys from Pearl Jam into the station for an interview just before 10 came out. And it wasn't so much the interview itself, which was great. And Mm -hmm. they played acoustic and, you know, all of that was fabulous. But Eddie and I had uh, the opportunity to sit in the next studio and have a little bit of a conversation. Awesome. And, and sitting down with him and saying, do you realize what is about to happen and how your world is like about to change? Yeah. And, him and I, I remember his presence. I remember he was so in the moment and him and I had a really candid conversation about, um, him trying to play the game as a new band always has to, but always standing by the points and the scruples or the things that are most important to you as an artist. That's great. Or you as a band collectively. 
And every time I see the decisions that Pearl Jam makes, whether it's an easy decision or a hard decision, I always think about that conversation because of all of the bands that I've worked with, they have always done things on their terms. And I have a huge respect for them for that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And that, that's a band that, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta say like, um, I, I, I like Pearl Jam, but I was never like blown away by them until it was those home shows that they played. I think it was last oh, yeah. year or, and, and then I just, I got it. I was like, wow, world's best live rock band. Like it just, it, it clicked with me and I was like, okay, I get it. And this is, this is amazing. So that's awesome that you had to have that moment in such an early time and, uh, you know, really see, uh, that they are the same people that they are these days. Yeah. And I remember getting postcards. Um, the station got postcards from the guys while when they were on their first, uh, club tour in Europe and how excited we were to get postcards from them. That's <laughs> awesome. countries we haven't been to yet, you know, right. It was cool. Maybe do you have any chaotic or embarrassing moments from yeah. your time at KISW? Name a couple. No, they're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 fair enough fair enough uh, uh, anything, anything that just went south but you can still talk about well i guess there was a there was a oh my phone my my rotary dial phone is ringing downstairs oh my god <laughs> you hear it <laughs> i do that's amazing <laughs> well hmm. yeah um it's a metallica story cool I like Metallica um, stories. <laughs> and you recall when Metallica was going up against Napster. Of that course. That was a, yeah. a famous moment in Metallica's history. And everybody wanted a piece of Lars and having interviews because it was the hot story. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the interview with Lars and um, I was in a brand new studio. It was when KISW had moved to Olive. So not the studios you guys are in now, but the Olive Studio. And I thought I knew the board, but apparently I had this amazing conversation with him that never recorded. And so I had to call his manager, um, Cliff Bernstein, and say that I f***ed up and didn't record the interview. And he... Bless his heart. He didn't yell at me and he didn't say anything responsive. It was just this long pause of silence, which was excruciating on my end. Yep. Um, but then Lars had to do the interview all over again. Actually, he didn't have to. He, he did. did and saved my ass, actually. So I am always, always grateful for that. But it was embarrassing as hell to make that phone call and say, I didn't push the record button. Oh my God. I've had that happen too. And, uh, it's a cringy, uh, like when, when you have to hit up the tour manager, I mean, mine was never on the level of Metallica. It was like smaller death metal bands and stuff, but still hitting up that manager with the email or the text, like, Hey, uh, I know I already kind of took some of your time today, but can I take some more time? But yeah. Well, and the, and the first interview was so magic. And the second interview was a little kind of stale and it, you know, it's hard to go through the material again, yeah. but what was cool. And this is one of those special moments is a couple days after, cause he was in town for the grand opening of EMP, which is now yep. Mopop. Mm-hmm. And, um, he and Cantrell came by the station to spin records and hang out one night when I was on the air. Yeah. But because of all that was going on with Napster and the whole interview thing, 
Lars couldn't say he was at the station. So he was Jerry's uncle Bob. So Jerry mm. and uncle Bob hung out for a, a while and played tunes with me. And you could nice. tell it was him. Anybody yeah. who asked was like, no, Lars wasn't here. Uncle Bob was there. You know, <laughs> it was a fun moment. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uncle Bob. Hey, that uncle Bob uncle sounds Bob. familiar. I like uncle Bob. Uncle Bob's nice. So, uh, yeah. So obviously, um, you know, you got to, you got to be in touch with a ton of awesome up and coming bands and, and whatnot. If you could give me, and, uh, you know, you don't have to say, you know, your fi- top five favorite or whatever, what are some of your favorites? What are some of your favorite Northwest bands of all time? Oh, Kevin, you're going to hate my answer. And this is not trying to be a bitch or anything. Yeah. I don't have favorites. I love them all. Every, oh, okay. every experience I had with, you know, everyone from Gypsy Rose and Warshock Test to Second Coming to Metal Church to Sanctuary. I mean, all of those moments to Candlebox and Screaming Trees and Mud Honey and the Melvins and Queensryche and all of those add up to an amazing journey. Please don't make me pick. <laughs> okay, okay. I won't make you pick, but you did <laughs> they're my, names. They're my buds. They're my family. So. You did name some pretty badass ones there, so I'll let you go on that one. Um, Thanks. All right, well, then let's talk about um, what keeps you in the Northwest because, um, you know, you might not be in Seattle proper right now, like you're on an island, but um, what keeps you in the Northwest, dude? Why, uh, why are you still in the, in the Seattle? What, makes you, what, what do you love about the Northwest and Pacific Northwest? Well, I'm born and raised, so it's hard to take the Seattle out of me. Um, I'm a Northwest gal. I've always loved this region. Um, I've never lived for a long stint of time anywhere else. So, um, but I consider myself well-traveled and there's places that I would visit, but this is my home. And Mm -hmm. so I am always coming back, always coming back. Um, What I love about the area Oh, call me morose, but I love the weather. I love yeah. the rain. It's, I love it. I love the gray. It's yeah. It's home. The gray, the gray and I work together really well. Um, I like the people. I like the ingenuity. I like the no bullshit about mm-hmm. the no- Northwest. If we want to do something, we get it done. If we don't want to do it, we kick back. And it's always been a nice balance. You know, certainly... Seattle has gone through amazing, insane growth over the years. So sometimes I go into certain areas and I don't necessarily recognize it as opposed to where I, when I grew up or was here, you know, during my early days at KISW, but Seattle's still in there and, um, I'm grateful to see it. Very grateful to see it. Absolutely. Pardon me, Kevin. It's you're, you're, you are Northwest. (laughs) It's North, Northwest is me. Yes. So what, uh, you know, you, you couldn't choose your favorites Northwest bands, but I will ask you overall, overall, what are four albums that changed your life for the better? Zeppelin two. Nice. ACDC dirty deeds. Classic Metallica master of puppets. Yeah. And tool opiate. That's an interesting choice, the tool opiate, because all those three other ones are, you know, considered quote unquote like game changers. Did, we freeze? Did I freeze? 
so the other three are considered all considered like genre defined game changers and tool opiate is 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 one for me personally but uh that's an that's an interesting one to add onto that collection because uh you know it, it might not be considered as classic as some of those other ones what was it about tool opiate and uh i believe you were one of the first people to ever play that on the radio is that correct mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, college radio was really big into tool and that's where it was starting to bubble under. It was marketed onto the the metal circuit. And I do have to disclaimer. The reason that I didn't label any Seattle bands is because we talked about Seattle specifically, for sure, but for there's sure. Seattle, there, there's Seattle releases that changed my life as well. Um, but, um, there was something about Maynard's vocals that, was like nothing I had ever heard before. Mm-hmm. The other thing is how Tool performed live and how their albums were put together. They reminded me in a different genre of music, like Pink Floyd and Rush were to classic mm-hmm. rock or to rock, that yeah. they could be and would be an anonymous band in the age of digital, which I, yeah. which I found really alluring. Their music to me was very contagious and sounded amazing at loud volume. And, and then that is like, you know, my basis. So um, I started working with them through the record label. And then when Undertow came out, we thought everybody was going to be going a- like our station was, you know, mm-hmm. everybody at the station was so into Tool. And for whatever reason, the country wasn't catching on. So um, as far as I understand, the label was getting ready to just write it off and say, we're going to try again at the next record. And I'm like, no, this, this is the record. Yeah. You don't put this one aside and wait for the next one. This is the record. Yep. And so I, I browbeat them pretty hard and they came up with some more marketing money and the band went out on the road and they played our rock stock that same year. Cool. Um, and then uh, kind of the rest is history. Rock stock was that was a huge one. That was an amazing performance. He, they gave it their all. It was incredible. That's awesome. That's cool, yeah. man. I like to hear the, uh, that's tool. Certainly uh, one of my favorite bands and it's cool to hear oh. like the, the beginning of, of, of that band. And yeah, obviously not now these days they're like a, an anomaly, you know, uh, it, it would be, uh, you'd have to be on the level of like Joe Rogan to get an interview with, uh, with Maynard. It seems like, did you, did you watch that interview with Joe Rogan with Maynard? He talks a lot about wine. I did That's not. Sure. No, no, I should put that on. I should have put on my list of things to stream. Right. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a lot of good content out there and, uh, we're producing some right now. So, um, yes. uh, yeah. So, um, uh, just the last couple of questions. Um, I, you know, do have to ask about this crazy, you know, timeline that we're currently living in. Um, what, yes. uh, how do you think this is going to change us as a society, um, for the better? If we can look at a positive, um, wow. Or is I was there first focused. No, no, there's no, there's always a positive. Um, I think, I think we're all grappling with how this is going to end up. So mm-hmm. not having a clear vision of the end, it's kind of hard to go, but I'm going to try. So sure. I think, um, and we've been having family discussions. I have a, a teenager here and we've been having some serious family discussions about how our lives are going to be forever changed. Good. Yeah. Um, for the better, my hope is that the, the pissing and the moaning, the fighting over things that in the grand scheme don't really contribute to humanity 
Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we as a living being, I I hope that we can start weighing things a little differently. It's not all about the buck. It's not all about the politics. Um, This is humanity and this is life and this is our planet earth. And I, I would love for the conversations to go to more big picture views. That'd be nice. We'll see. And, uh, so yeah. if, if, if we succeed in doing that, that I would consider to be a great positive. I would agree. You know, as, as we don't have a timeline here, what, uh, what is one thing when all of this is over, who knows, whatever, uh, I'm not putting a timeline on this, but when things clear up, when we're able to go and live our lives, you know, the new normal, whenever right. that is, what is something you're looking forward to? Getting together in person with friends. Yeah. And not having no offense, Zoom. Not having to do it through Zoom. <laughs> having <I> Zoom break. <laughs> I think Zoom is is happy about uh, the amount of downloads that they're getting during this time. So yeah, no kidding. No, I'm looking forward to getting together with my friends. I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to my first hug. You know, we've been doing 14 days here because I go into I go in to get supplies and we reset the. 14 day clock. So even here as a family, we're doing elbows and keeping our distance. So I'm looking forward to hugging some people again. I like it. Well, I look forward to it too, Kathy. And and when that time comes, we can have a big hug, have a, even a handshake. Yeah. Big hug and a handshake. And we'll, uh, we'll have some coffee. Kathy, thank you. So scare me. Okay. None of that pumpkin that you do. So I got to tell you when, when, when Kathy was filling in for Taryn, um, Taryn was on uh, maternity leave. Kathy was doing uh, nights on KISW and I would come in to do some work on metal shot, loud local or jabroni journal. And, uh, I would do my best to scare the living out of her. And I believe I had her jump scared at least five to six times. You would always scare me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's certainly not my seat. Oh my God. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for, for uh, uh, taking the time to do this. And uh, Hey, it was my pleasure. Thanks for asking, Kevin. It's good to see your face. I miss you. Hell yeah. Have a good day, Kathy. All right. Take it easy. Rock on, folks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.